<laughs> so, um, I'd like you to record the intro. Yeah, I can do that. Hi, my name's Jackie Hicken and I run Jackie Can Cooking School and Food Studio in Merby North, South Gippsland. This is our People Podcast. I said all that crunky. Throw the ball for the dog, he does not stop. He's a retriever. And he thinks anyone that visits his job to teach him how to throw the ball. You're in my food studio, which is in Mervynorth, and it's in what was the old dairy. So up until 2000, this is all community gossip. I wasn't here here then. Up until 2002, the building that we're in operated as a place where you came and got your milk. This was basically the milkman's house. Well, we're not his house, but we're in what was his cool room in his fridge. So it's a little orange brick building that we've turned into a 18 seat restaurant, fully licensed restaurant, but we don't really open as a restaurant. We only open for private bookings. And I do cooking classes here. So we do pick and cook cooking classes. And what else do we do? Oh yeah, and I make stuff for the internet about two things, food and all Gippsland. And today I'm gonna, while you're here talking to me, I'm gonna make a Fraser cake. A Fraser cake is like, a sponge cake but with the strawberries and the cream on the outside. I've got strawberries, I've made a sponge which has got a white chocolate layer on it at the bottom. I have vanilla topping that I made myself, a couple of bits of tools, a 24 centimeter cake ring and some six centimeter acetane. So I'm gonna line the cake ring with the acetane and then we're gonna put together the cake. I grew up on a dairy farm near Locke. I was born at Foster originally, so I'm related to sort of half of Foster probably and half of Currumburra, our distant cousins from family members. And like all 18 year olds, I went, oh, I'm 18, I'm leaving as quickly as I possibly can. But I had this idea that I would leave and then come back one day to grow vegetables and cook. And I thought, like when I'm old, like 30, I might do that. You know, when you're 16, 30, seems pretty old. Um, so I went off and sort of traveled the world and worked as a television engineer, working on mainly on sporting events. And then in 2008, we moved, we bought this house. So we've been here for nearly 13 years. We've got three quarters of an acre when we started We've like completely renovated the house, we've put in the kitchen, we've built the restaurant and we opened the food studio in 2012 and we've slowly been plotting up what we do and now we were open for a little while to the public but now we're just open for private bookings. I'll just show you the exciting bit which everyone goes, ooh, look at that! <laughs> this is um my storeroom. So this is where I store all my produce. So everything in here, there is eight shelves three meters long or something, covered in produce. I've grown it and then I've made it. So it's all the tomato chutneys, bottled plums, bottled quinces. Growing up on the dairy farm, I'm the oldest of seven kids. So I was always cooking. So my weekends were spent making cakes and stuff just because there was always flour and sugar and butter and food coloring. So you'd make like multicolored rainbow cakes, which seems to be in fashion again. Yeah, and then I met my husband the 2000 Olympics. I was working in Sydney. After a little while, we moved back to Melbourne to work on AFL. I changed careers and said to my husband that I wanted to move back here and grow vegetables and cook. And he said, yeah, you can do it on the condition that you go off and learn to be a chef. So I went back to TAFE, got my chef certificate, 
Oops, that's beeping. That's just telling me that that bit's ready, so it's not beeping. That's the glaze to go on the top of the cake. Had to get to 35 degrees and use a timer to tell you that. I've got vanilla syrup, which I made myself. I've put half a sponge that I cut in half with the chocolate layer facing down, which the chocolate layer is to seal the bottom of the cake. I'm gonna drizzle it in vanilla, just cause who needs, you need extra taste. I like extra taste. Then I'm gonna get some stuff out of the fridge. This is Diplomat Cream, which is, um, you know how you buy your French vanilla slice at the bakery? This is the custard that goes in the French vanilla slice. <laughs> I am gonna cover this sponge in this custard. So I'm just going to put a ring of this custard around the bottom of the cake, around the sponge. Now I'm going to get some strawberries and then I'm going to line the strawberries around the outside of the sponge. When I was a kid, I wanted to be like Kevin Bartlett. The uh, legendary 400 and whatever name games he played for Richmond. Mm. Turns out he's also it was a telecom technician. I only know that because he worked with my dad at telecom. And somehow in my little brain, I had some connection between sport and electrical engineering. So when I was in when I was 16, I actually went to the careers teacher at high school and went, I want to work as a technician on the AFL. I was working at RMIT as a tech, and I left did some freelance work, and then applied for a job in the engineering department at Channel 9 in Sydney, and moved to Sydney. My first job, one of my first jobs was, I would sit in the commentary box, well, I would set the commentary box up for the commentators, and then sit in the commentary box. I did that mainly on cricket, and I'd be like sitting in the, I remember sitting in the back of the commentary box at North Sydney, talking to Mark, Taylor about when the cricket finishes and like having this whole conversation about today's match and then realize and then he said to me you know we're like some of the most famous people in the in the country and I went oh are you oh yeah <laughs> I hadn't realized it's easier to do if you're not a fan of the sport people think I'm really weird when I say this is actually similarities between working in television and working in hospitality um, especially in engineering Engineers are the, well in television anyway, they're the first people there, last people to leave. Like a chef, you never actually see them work. They're like some person you know, down in the dungeon. And your hours are the same. So I worked on sporting events. So I worked public holidays, I worked Christmas day, because that's when the cricket was on, like, you know, it's the day before the Boxing Day test. Um, when you're a chef, you work public holidays. So you work the same. So you work the same sort of hours and, um, so sort of thing. So there's lots of similarities between being a chef and being a television engineer. We'll go yeah. back to this now. Yeah. So while we've been talking, I've actually put together the cake, lined the outside of it with strawberries. Then I put more custard in the middle, cut up strawberries in the middle, put a little bit more custard, got the other half of the sponge, soaked it in vanilla. I'm gonna stick it on top of the strawberries. I think we need a little bit more cream. There we go, finish the piping bag. Now we're going to put the other top of the sponge on, push down a little bit. Then I'm going to get more cream, more diplomat cream out of the fridge. Uh, so now I'm filling up the gaps around the edge of the cake with the diplomat cream, so there's no gaps. And then I am piping the top of the cake with it. Oops, I'm splitting it all on the 
podcast man. Smooth out. Now I've put the custard on, smooth out so it's level with the cake ring. And then I've got one more job to do, which is decorate the top of the cake. So this is our block of land. It's three quarters of an acre. If I start at the back, we've got a native herb garden. So I've just planted um, as a windbreak because the back of the property faces south. We've got native herbs, bush pepper, that sort of stuff, native raspberries, those sort of things. A few flowers and then I've got a no-dig garden in between which is going to be this year's work six raised garden beds um, and then if you look south we've got the mountain ashes that were originally on the property which are quite old you know 80 years old or something I've got my wild green bed so I've got a bed where we just grow all the greens that they self-seed and they just grow into the garden by themselves since we've moved here 13 years ago we've probably put in I don't know I've never counted them, but quite a few fruit trees. So we've put in peaches, apricots, lemons, oranges, mandarins, native limes. Right in front of us is a cold climate pawpaw, which is called champagne fruit. Tastes like champagne. Now in the garden at the moment, because it's the end of April, the tomatoes are pretty much finished. I grow them from seed by myself. I've just got root vegetables in. I've put the winter brassicas in. So there's cabbages, cauliflowers, brass sprouts, um, all the greens. I'm harvesting the pumpkins. We've got, we've got a raspberry patch, an asparagus patch. We've got all the herbs that you possibly need. Because one of the things, when you train as a chef, everyone's trained in classical French cooking. So you can't buy thyme, for example, in the local Mervyn North supermarket, except dried. So I have heaps of thyme and all the herbs and, we now companion plant out lots of plants and things. We have a lot of, there's about 30 different native plants that are edible in the garden. Most of the flowers are edible, so nearly everything I've planted has either been a companion plant or an edible, is edible in some form or another. Even as a little kid we used to grow our own stuff and parents used to grow their own stuff and grandma was always bottling stuff and mum bottled stuff when I was a kid and made preserves and even when I was a really little kid, we did hunting, shooting, fishing type stuff as well. So it's just what I grew up with. Being the oldest child, I did a lot of cooking for the whole family growing up. You know, and even then as a kid, I would make pastry from scratch and stuff like that as well. Like just because there was like, you know, that's what, what I, like, that's what I might do this weekend. So I still do that now. So, I'm, so we're here, I'll make, if I make sausage rolls, for example, um, which seem to be popular amongst visitors, um, I will make the pastry from scratch. So I make nearly everything here from scratch. And then in the cooking classes, I actually make the guests sometimes make it from scratch as well. Paved the area and now we've got a nine meter by six meter outdoor dining area. So um, there's water, there's a fridge, big, big, big table with chairs, which is undercover. But sometimes we have the cooking classes out here it's weather dependent or we do walk amongst the weed classes where we pick and cook stuff so we pick whatever's in season and then we cook it and sometimes we do them out here on the outdoor now we're getting a lot more people interested in sustainability and the bits around growing your own stuff even when i've lived in apartments we've always had some herbs and things and i just grew up growing stuff so I thought, well, that's what you do, isn't it? And I think for me personally, if everybody grew some of their own food, we'd all be in a better position. Food miles are a big deal. 
So that's why I concentrate on mainly stuff from Gippsland because transport is a huge cost in food production. So I try and focus on what we've got here. I don't like the idea of going on certain diets that you buy a lot of food in from overseas, for example. Particularly in things like when you start going vegan, a lot of the processed food comes from other places. So why would you do that when you could just grow it yourself? You plant things you can't get from other people. So the example is potatoes. Um, we're in potato farming country in Melbourne North. So you can get like normal potatoes by the box. So I grow purple potatoes in the garden because I can't get them from a shop. So I grow things I can't really go and purchase off somebody else. While we were talking, I finished the cake. Now, it sounds really weird, but there's like a rosette of strawberries on the top of this cake. Um, so now I'm just gonna put a bit of cake glaze on that. Uh, when you go to fancy shops and they have like the cakes are all shiny and stuff, that's what it is. And they you do it for two things: one's for flavour, and it lasts longer if you seal it. So now we're gonna do some magic. Oh yeah. I'm gonna lift this cake ring off this cake. There you go. There's your cake. So it's completely covered in custard with strawberries around the outside. I don't know. Just from being involved in things, a lot of stuff like the Warrigal greens, which are now about five meter patch. Someone gave me a cutting and I stuck it in the ground and that's what it grows. Now I grow a lot of the stuff that just grows by itself, like um, I've got fennel growing all through the garden that's just gone to seed and grows by itself. The strawberries are starting to take over themselves. The raspberry patches, you know, someone gave us 10 raspberry canes, now we've got hundreds. So, you know, that's part of living in the country is people share things and I share things back with other people, so. You can get anything you pretty much want here fish from the fishermen, beef. I get my pork, beef and lamb directly from farmers. All the butchers are fantastic. So you can get whatever cuts you want from pretty much any butcher. We have all the vegetables. So you can pretty much grow anything and you just adapt your cooking to what you have available. So that's what I do is I adapt to what I've got available. All the quinces, all the relishes, pickles, things that are fermented, local beer. Um, we only serve Gippsland wine and beer spirits, so um, I, I mean, I don't have to do that. I do that of choice. And if you're going to talk about Gippsland, you should just highlight Gippsland produce. And I'm someone who will go to a restaurant in Melbourne and like go, wow, look, there's beer from Melbourne North on the menu today. Yeah, well, you know, you've got to be proud of the place you come from um, and where you live and what you do, so. The Our People podcast is produced by South Gippsland Shire Council. To hear more stories from South Gippsland residents like me, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about South Gippsland, visit southgippsland.vic.gov.au. See one the dog has decided he's not getting any attention, so he's going to roll in some poop. Just to go, look at me, I'm not getting any attention, it's not fair.